Pressing record now. Ooh, okay, that, I pressed it. That was loud. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Do we need to clap? I don't think we have clapped recently. <laughs> no, I think we can. We'll just leave it. It's fine. Ben, ben can find it. Yes. He's good okay. like that. He yes. mostly just laughs at us when we clap. Well, because presumably there's there's going to be lag anyway, so they're not going to yeah. line up. <laughs> they don't line up. <laughs> they just, yeah. They just I don't. don't. <laughs> Are you a good witch or a bad bitch, bad bitch, bad bitch? I've been a rebel all my life. We will not remain hidden figures. We have names. Oh, if it's naughty to rule your lips, shake your shoulders, shake your hips. I didn't kid you, did I? Well, now you know. Well, you are listening to Good Witches, Bad Bitches, if you didn't already know. Welcome. Yep. Welcome. I'm Hannah. That's Deanna. I'm Deanna. <laughs> and we are, uh, for, a lo- for a few episodes, we were both recording in Colorado, even though we were separate from each other. And now I'm back on the East Coast for a little while. For a short period of time. Yeah, not yeah. forever, but just for a extended visit. Um, ben has work right. out here, and I didn't want to be parted from him for that long, so I am also here. We brought the cat, which uh, is often <laughs> a traumatic experience because we drove, <laughs> But we've we made it work and now we're here. And so now I'm in this like super echoey room with tall ceilings. Um, so I hope you'll forgive the sound quality on this a little bit. Deanna is wearing her Halloween witchy shirt. It has bats and um, Ouija. What are what are those called? Planchettes. Planchettes. Uh, there's some moons, various types of moons. Tarot card. Tarot card. Um, oh, a crystal ball. A crystal ball. Uh, yeah. wo- a wolf. A wolf. A moth. A moth. Some constellations. A key. An owl. A key. Mm-hmm. I like oh, this one. Oh, more moon cycle. This is such a cute yeah. sweatshirt. I remember when you got it, and then I was very envious. And you wear it often when we record. And so I, my envy is renewed pretty much every time I see you. Well, it's my witchy sweater, so it's a good I love it. time to wear it. I love it. I know, because it's October. And it's witchy season. It's witchy season. And we are a very witchy podcast. We are. It's in our name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure is. It sure is. Yep. We're also a bitchy podcast. <laughs> <by then. laughs> oh, I know. We didn't intend that to be, like, we didn't intend the bitch part to be, you know, part of us and what we do and being bitchy on it but um but it is is. we do embody that quite a bit quite often and I don't think that's a bad thing no I you know what I refuse to apologize for being salty about things that happen in our world and um having to be uh a little bitchy about how we express that yeah you know it is what it is Mm -hmm. so there Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, plus it's 2020. I don't know. I don't know who really, like, is going to be up in arms about us being bitchy. Like, there are 17-year-olds with rifles shooting people at protests. I think, like, we all have bigger things to worry about than you and I getting yep. a little bitchy on a podcast. Yep. So, that's all I have well to say said. about that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, You're welcome. And today it's my turn, so I'll just, like, keep talking. <laughs> kind of, since we missed my week last week. I thought it was a good time to return to one of our lost episodes. There was a, <gasps> there was a period of time last year in, I think it was December, when Deanna and I both recorded some episodes that were lost due to technical difficulties. And so we sort of saved them, and we already re-recorded one. And yep. um, wh- which one was that one? Tura Satana. Tura Satana. So, mm-hmm. and that, and I feel like our re-recorded episode was even better than the first one. So I'm. I think that one turned out really great. So go listen to that one if you 
are looking for more good witches, bad bitches. Um, but this one... Patreon.com slash Good Witches GWBB Podcast. That's right. <laughs> Actually, that... I almost said our own thing <laughs> wrong. But that reminds me, we do have new patrons we have to shout out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. So, also, that was so fucking loud. The spike on the... <laughs> oh, shit. Whoops. Well, Ben will uh, ben will fix it. Thanks, Benji. Ben will... <laughs> um... So yeah, so this is this is a lost episode. So Deanna's heard this one once already. However, I discovered an article that came out literally days after we recorded that episode last year. Well, that okay. was about Isn't that her. Nice? Yeah, and it had more information than what I had in my notes already. So. I did end up going through and like kind of redoing my notes and you will hear new things that you didn't hear the last time. So it's new to the audience and new to me. That's correct. All at the same time. Yes. So um, today a lot of my information comes now from New York Times. They do an obituary series called Overlooked No More and they do a lot of women um, throughout history, and um, this uh, this one was written by Gavin Edwards, um, and then I took from a lot from Atlas Obscura. Thank you, Atlas Obscura. I love you. You're like the coolest website ever. Truly, they're pretty great. <laughs> they're so yeah. great. Wednesdayswomen.com, an article by Sandy Levins, and Wikipedia. So today I am talking about. Rose Mackenberg, who was on Houdini's secret ghost-busting squad. Pretty Halloween-y, right? I feel like yes. that is so perfect for the October season. So. I agree, and I'm really excited because I don't really remember what you said. I think we were drinking lots of wine, and it was after we recorded <laughs> yeah. one of my episodes. Yep. And yep. so I'm stoked. And it was almost <laughs> a year ago. So I hope that enough time has passed that it's kind of, you know, we're a little yeah. we're a little past when you will actually remember some of this stuff. But it's the it's a better time of year. I mean, I did it in December last year and it's a Halloween episode, you know? Come on. So Hannah. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> but now I have the chance to rectify it. So during the nineteen twenties the apocalyptic tolls of the First World War and the Spanish flu pandemic caused a widespread revival of spiritualism, the controversial practice of purported psychic communication with spirits of the dead. <laughs> and it's so interesting, I didn't think about the fact that I originally researched her right before we learned about COVID. Um, so it feels kind of relevant in that way, too, because the Spanish flu obviously took a lot of lives and mm -hmm. World War I also took a lot of lives. There were a lot of people who at the time were desperate to communicate with their dead loved ones. And spiritualism yeah. came about in like the 1800s at some point and kind of died down a little bit. But the 1920s, it really reared its head again. And spiritualism is that, that practice of, and you've probably seen this in movies, where the medium will be at the head of the table hosting a seance, and the customer is saying, I, you know, I'm trying to speak to my long-lost husband, George, and the medium will have all of these contraptions creating crazy effects in the room like windows yeah. clapping and w gusts of wind bursting through and some uh, sound happening on the other side of the room. Um, yeah, and, and frequently like people who were dressed in shrouds or whatever who were being purported to be spirits. Yeah. It's, it is Paid insane. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. it is insane to do research on, this, especially the stuff that was in the 19th century um, what you could get away with because, you know, we're so jaded now 
by all the special effects that we see and know how things can be fake. Yeah. And they didn't have that. So if they saw, like, things move in a darkened room where you couldn't see the string it was tied to, it's like, how is he doing that? Yeah. Oh, my God. It has to be magic. Exactly. And and that continued. That really continued through the 20s. I mean, even through the mid-century. Um. So yeah, so it was it was a really like it was a really interesting time. And actually Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, I think this is so funny, who created uh Sherlock Holmes, loved yes. spiritualism. He was kind of a propagandist for spiritualism. Like he believed in it wholeheartedly, which I find so funny as a guy who wrote mysteries about a man who like his whole purpose was to debunk stuff stuff. yeah it was to like solve the mystery um so it's kind of funny but his influence his propagandic influence is that a word i probably just made up a word whatever um was countered by the famed magician and escape artist harry houdini who while at like at the height of his popularity he put together a crack team dedicated to crusading against quote ghost racketeers that posed as spirit mediums to con money out of vulnerable grieving people and on this team was rose mackenberg who was later known in lots of different articles and and by journalists as the spook spy and the ghost detective and sometimes a ghost buster (laughs) which i that's so cool yeah So born July 10th, 1892, she was from a young age, a fascinating, outspoken and and ultimately accomplished young woman who employed her curiosity in the name of truth, which means she became a private investigator like pretty early in her career, in her life. She was just super interested in making sure vulnerable people didn't get swindled. She wanted everybody to feel like they had an advocate and she started solving mysteries for people as early as I think she was like 18. And was she an inspiration for Nancy Drew? Like, what? God, wouldn't that be cool? But I don't think so. Like a little female PI. Yeah. Oh Lady PI. So, yeah. So she was a private investigator pretty early on. And um, when she first encountered Harry Houdini, she was working a case. She, their initial meeting came about because she needed to consult with him regarding this investigation in which a banker asked her to look into a medium who had inv- advised him to invest in a stock that ultimately proved worthless. Yeah, and he was like, I need you, Miss, Miss Private Detective, to look into this for me and figure out, like, figure out what's going on here and basically prove that this medium is false. And she was like, okay, well, I know Houdini does this kind of thing, so I'm just going to get in touch with him. And she did. She consulted him, um, and he advised her on how to uncover the fraud. And then he invited her after the fact to join his team of about 20 salaried undercover investigators. Yes, salaried, if you can believe that. And he called them my own secret service. Isn't that cool? (laughs) Salaried. I'm still stuck on that. I know. She had a salary as a ghostbuster. That's so cool. Also, do you think Houdini's whole beef? I mean, I think think he was swindled by a spiritualist back when he was younger. But uh, does it have to do with it's like at least you're a showman, but you lie. I'm a showman, but at least I'm honest about what I'm doing. Yeah. He thought, um, I I believe he did think for a little while that it was real until he, I'm trying to remember, I think he may have had a bad experience and he realized what was going on. Um, Yeah, something to do with his mom's death, I think. If I'm remembering ragtime correctly. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, no, but I think you're right that that's that that was what was going on with him. He 
he had a bad experience and was like, well, fuck you guys. You totally took advantage of me and I'm not the only one you're taking advantage of for sure. And there was um, a period of time when he also was kind of like, hey, guys, I, you know, to his audiences, like, I also um, have a magic, like a real magic about me. You know, I am an actual magical person. And I also have a little bit of that spiritualism going on until he finally was like, you know what? I don't want to fool you guys anymore. I don't have that. That's false. Spiritualism isn't real. And that was really when he started assembling his his crack team. But yes, he did have to go through his own emotional roller coaster with it. Because otherwise, like, why would you be so intent on, I don't know, on making sure that people know spiritualists aren't real if you if you haven't had some kind of experience yourself or if you're being led by someone who's had that kind of experience as rose was you know her her team leader was somebody who was extremely passionate about this and had exposed enough people that she could see for herself that it was like fraud Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and these poor people who were grieving their, their lost loved ones from the flu and from the war were being taken advantage of. And because there were so many deaths, if, like the market was just booming. Yeah, it really was. Um, apparently, at this time, there were tea rooms, especially in New York, there were tea rooms where you could go get your fortune told, but it was illegal to pay to to have to charge for a fortune if you were a fortune teller you couldn't charge for charge to tell someone's fortune and so there were these crazy like aside from from houdini and rose and their own you know team of of ghost investigators there were actual undercover detectives including a woman named mary shanley who i really really want to do someday who would go to these tea rooms and basically, you know, get these fortune tellers to charge them for a fortune and then do this crazy bust of these tea rooms. They were like, oh my God, you charged me for a fortune, even though it's illegal to charge for fortune telling. And they would like... That's entrapment. (laughs) It is. They would bust these tea rooms like they were drug you know, drug dens. Like busting brothels? Yes. Isn't that crazy? Oh, it's so funny. What a weird time. Like, I know people were being swindled for sure back then, but like, yeah. just let people get their palms read. Like, if they want to go in and get it done, they obviously know to either take it with a grain of salt or or if they don't, I well, don't know what to tell you. And you know what's funny is it is that law is still on the books. In New York? Uh-huh. But they just ignore it for the but same are, reasons that you just said. There are psychic readers everywhere, everywhere in New York. Everywhere. But it's because, like like you said, people started to realize, like, okay, if you're going to do this, then do it. But I think it's also because in the 20s, I think it was a lot easier for people to believe in it. We didn't have all of I the tricks exposed yet. That time was like really great for all types of snake oil salesmen. Yes, exactly. So to take advantage of yeah, people's fears or insecurities or snake oil is the perfect term for it. I mean, that is exactly yeah. what it is. It's just like it's it is this fake prescription for your what ails you and mm-hmm. a a fake conversation with your dead beloved. And, you know, you don't know better. You don't know about the wires and you don't know about the fans and the actors and shrouds. You don't know that those are tricks that are available. So. So, yeah. And I don't mean to shit on all that kind of stuff. I'm 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 I think a healthy skeptic, but I'm also a healthy skeptic in the other direction. And like, you know, listeners take that with however you want and assume the best (laughs) of the worst of me. 
But like sometimes I feel like energies or like something feels funky or what have you. But I don't think it's yeah. it's like as woo woo. I think it's just something we don't understand. Yeah. And so we can't we can't identify it. Yeah. I don't know. And there are people who But I'm just saying I'm I'm open but with a healthy dose of skepticism. Yes, exactly. Like I think that I think that the business as it was back then is very different from the people like you who have seen both sides of it. They know about the smoke and mirrors. They also know that there are unexplained occurrences for people and we have the tools now, especially thanks to people like Carrie Houdini, um, to look at both of those things and then decide for ourselves. And yeah. what their team was doing, they were just providing people with that information. You know, we didn't have all of those facts. We didn't know that there were smoke and mirrors involved. And because mm-hmm. of Harry and Rose and people like them, now we know. So, so their team would travel ahead of Houdini's touring schedule, visiting towns and cities where he was supposed to appear and perform, infiltrating the local spiritualist scene to gather evidence of fraud. And then they would pass those details on to Houdini, who would expose the fraudulent spiritualists during his shows. So he would make it part of his whole act. So dramatic. It's so good. It's so dramatic. It's so good. And, you know. Everybody gets what they paid for and more to watch this go down. And he gets, I mean, I'm sure it was so satisfying to expose these people because. It's kind of (sighs) dickish, but. Yeah, it's terrible. At the same time, (laughs) they're being dicks. So it's like two dicks dicking off. I don't know. Oh, man, I wish that could be our title. Two dicks dicking off. No. No, it can't? (laughs) Okay, fine. Good witches, bad bitches, (laughs) a.k.a. two dicks dicking (laughs) off. Not us. Oh, no. Crap. (laughs) I should have. I walked right into that. I should have seen it coming. Um, So part of being safe with these things because she had, you know, all of all of the people on this team had gotten themselves into situations where the mediums were displeased with the things that were going down. So Rose would start dressing in disguise when visiting these spiritualists on behalf of Harry. Her first stop in a new town or a city was to visit a department store. And then she would take detailed notes on the clothing worn by various local, quote, types of women, among them the rustic school teacher, the credulous servant girl, and the tipsy consultant. (laughs) Which, what? I'm like, that's a type you can dress for? My goodness. I had no idea. Tipsy consultant? Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Um, I love this. She used... that's, that's your type. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Maybe right now. Gosh, but not all the time. Um, no, not all the time. She used pseudonyms like Alicia Bunk, which was a play on All Is Bunk. Uh, nice. Francis Rod or F Rod for fraud. fraud. <laughs> Um, she often claimed to be a grieving mother or a bereft widow. And then she would report back with everything she learned to Harry Houdini, who would then expose the medium. Um, a really good example of this, this whole process, was in 1925, Mackenberg, Rose Mackenberg visited Charlie Gonsolas, or Gonsolas, I don't know, a medium in Indianapolis who had described himself in an irate letter to Houdini as, quote, one of the leaders of spiritualism in America, which I feel like is just asking for Houdini to That's, put you on his list. It's putting a target on your back. Yes, for sure. exactly. So like, yeah, I mean, like, fuck you, so Harry. You better be for real, buddy. <laughs> exactly. Like, come on. You know he does this, and you send him this letter saying, I'm the best. You should know better. And she shows up to him as a bereaved mother, 
and tells him that her baby died a few months earlier and she wanted to check on the infant in the afterlife. And he claimed to have contact with an 800-year-old Hindu guide in the spirit world, as well as his own, quote, spirit wife, as he called her, named Ella. And he told Mackenberg that for $25, he could teach her to access the afterlife by gazing into a bowl of water. He then said it would be easier <laughs> for her to make contact with the Hindu guide if she took off all her clothes. Oh, oh no. <laughs> she declined, what? of Th- course. That's, that's a thing that these dudes would ask? Yeah. <laughs> what? Isn't that fucking terrible? Oh, my God. I mean, good God. It's insane. So these people fucking deserved it. At least a lot of them did. And okay, um, true, because that's, that's, that's gross, pervy shit. Yes, that's pretty awful. And so she obviously, like, very happily reported her findings to Houdini, who her- arrived in Indianapolis six weeks later to give a performance that Gonzales attended. And Houdini confronted him from the stage, telling the audience about Rose's experiences. And the media mumbled from his seat that he too abhorred fraud and fled the theater to jeers and catcalls from the audience. So The drama. So much the drama. drama. It would be a great, a really great career, I feel. <laughs> I wish. Because he just, you know he gets so much, like, satisfaction from doing it for an audience. Like, not only is he doing, he's, like, yanking the rug out from under these dudes, but also with a crowd. Like. Yeah. And and Rose. Because he's a performer, so he feeds off of crowd energy anyway. Yes, exactly. And Rose was somebody who was always just invested in making sure that, People like vulnerable people weren't taken advantage of. And so she got what she wanted. Houdini got what he wanted and everybody fucking won in that situation. And plus she got paid. I love it. A salary. A salary. Ugh, God, so cool. I can't even get a salary. (laughs) Most of us can't now. Oh, God. So by her count, Rose investigated more than 300 psychics and seers in the two years that she worked for Houdini and many more after that. What? Yes. 300. That many in two years? Two years. So in a career that lasted decades and led her to testify before Congress, Congress, which I will talk about later, she proved to be a quick-witted, no, she proved to be quick-witted, adept with disguises, and unblinkingly skeptical, which I love that description. That's from the New York Times article, the obituary. Speaking to a reporter for the Hearst newspapers in 1949, she boasted, I smell a rat before I smell the incense. Which I love. I love that quote. This is just fabulous. Not. She was frequently groped and propositioned by men like Gonzales, But as Kenneth Silverman wrote in his book Houdini in 1996, she resisted Houdini's suggestion that she carry a gun. So she was like, no, I'm going to just fucking go in as myself and I'm not going to get into a situation where I might use a gun on some of these douchebags. That's gutsy. I know. She was, she she was, you know. She has chutzpah. Mm-hmm. And apparently, I don't really know, understand this, but apparently she was ordained by so many spiritualist churches. And I'm not sure. Wait. Yeah. I don't know why that happened or, or how she got to do that. But, but she had, this is why she had the nickname in Houdini's Ghostbusting Squad. Um, she had the nickname The Rev. For reverend. Oh. Because she was constantly being ordained by spiritualist churches. And I, I'm sure that was part of her, of like going to these dudes and being like, I need, you know, I need your guidance or whatever. And this was part of their thing. But uh, yeah, so she was known as the Rev among Houdini's people. 
Um, that just... that's, that's such a boss nickname. <laughs> I know. Rose Mackenberg, the Rev. <laughs> so good. The ghost-busting Rev. Um, at the time of Harry Houdini's untimely death in October of 1926... She had become one of his most experienced investigators with a wealth of experience in busting all manner of clairvoyants, mediums, and purveyors of love and luck potions. Her most newsworthy case came that same year, in 96, when Congress was considering a bill to outlaw fortune-telling in Washington. Um, Public hearings became chaotic as people made competing claims on the validity of divination, and Houdini, just before his death, was a star witness, and he shared the results of his investigations into spiritualism, calling mediums mental degenerates and cross-examining professional psychics himself <laughs> for Congress. Wow. I guess that, you know, a different time. Um, yeah, well. <laughs> ish, you know. A lot of what goes on in Congress today is pretty much a circus anyway so yeah in a different way um so rose testified about her recent undercover experiences visiting jane coates a notable washington medium and in an article included in a 2016 anthology about mackenberg compiled by tony wolf who wrote um the atlas obscure article she recalled, it was my testimony, brief and pointed, that touched off the rockets and pinwheels and giant crackers of startled emotion when wrathful persons broke in with protestations and shouts of, that's a lie, we never did such a thing. Her bombshell? She said that Jane Coates had confided to her that the proposed legislation would never be passed because her, uh, her customers included four senators and because... Quote, table tipping seances are held at the White House with President Coolidge and his family. Uh, <laughs> so very interesting. Is some tea that she spilled the fuck out of. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's so fascinating. Again, the drama. Yeah. Like, how did she get Jane Coates to confide in her? Something like that. You know what I mean? How did she get her to say that? She must have been so sly in how she talked to these people and how she got them to just tell her shit. You know, some people are just really good at that. They are. I have a friend who I don't think she listens to this podcast, but Lauren, if you're listening, you have that skill. And um, it's terrifying because I, I don't know. I do not understand how just like people tell her things. They just tell her things. And I think I think Rose is the exact same way. People just tell her shit. So, yeah, I mean, that was her big thing. Her big Congress testimony right before Houdini's death. Huge, crazy thing. And as I told you earlier, I think ultimately that law did pass, at least in New York, because fortune telling was a thing you were not allowed to ask money for, at least by 1929. Wow. Um, yeah. Could they elicit donations? Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure that's how they got around it. Uh-huh. Like, we suggest, strongly suggest a donation Suggested of 25 donation. cents. Oh, my God. Very, very <laughs> possibly. Um, so Rose persisted in her unusual vocation throughout the Great Depression, investigating on behalf of insurance companies, law firms, the Better Business Bureau, newspapers, and lots of institutions. And, uh, yeah, crazy. Like, insurance companies I don't really give a shit about, but the others, that's cool. But I assume that with insurance companies, it was probably like, oh, my deceased brother-in-law said that this is why the fire started. You know, like... I'm sure that part of the reason she had to do that is because they were getting weird claims about, like, a medium contacted so-and-so, and and this is what really happened in that accident. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know that that for sure, but I I feel like at that time it makes sense that that's why they would be doing that. Because nowadays no one would give a shit, but back then maybe they didn't know better. I don't know. Maybe some people were getting insurance money 
for saying that like the ghost of my dead brother said he did want the will changed you know exactly exactly like whatever it was a weird time so during mid-1945 she she served as Chicago Tribune reporter E.W. Williamson's guide to the spiritualist underworld of the Windy City. Williamson then revealed the medium's predatory con artistry through a series of expose articles. And, of course, you know, during that time, that was World War II, so they once again had another revival. It was, I think, any time there's been a war up through the 60s and 70s, she has had to up up her game because people are grieving and want to contact their loved ones right so she also began performing lectures and demonstrations for service organizations during which trumpets floated tables tipped glowing spirit hands materialized and rose generally did what she could do to expose those tricks of the still burgeoning spirit racket so she basically would be like, all right, here's what they do. Here's how you can identify it. I'm going to recreate it all for you here right now so you can see that it it's just one big trick. Sounds like a fun show, though. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it's a great lecture. I would love to do that. Um A 1949 Hearst Syndicate article described her as, quote, perhaps the only woman ghostbuster in the world. <laughs> Who are you going to call? Rose Mackenberg. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> By the 1950s, Rose Mackenberg, a lifelong, quote, bachelor girl, had been investigating and debunking spiritualistic fraud for over three decades. Her spook spy exposés had been featured in the American magazine, Look, Collier's, Popular Science, and numerous other journals. Still, she noted wow. resignedly that, quote, no number of exposures, in fact, seem to shake the faith of believers. Despite frequent public exposés of prominent practitioners by reporters and skeptical investigators, as of 2013, the modern American, quote, psychic services industry was estimated to be worth slightly over $2 billion. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Mackenberg never, oh, yeah. never stopped trying to debunk frauds, but realized that no matter how many articles she wrote or lectures she gave, people would not give up on trying to communicate with their lost loved ones. Says Tony Wolf, she seems to have been very comfortable with her devoutly skeptical point of view, though she fail- fatalistically came to accept that no matter how many times fake spiritualists were exposed, shut eyes would always pay good money to be fooled. Well, there is a fine line for me between, like, what is something harmless that just helps people feel better. Mm -hmm. So just let them have it. And also grieving people are being taken advantage of. And I like the line is so far. And and it's like, oh, they're kooky. Like, sometimes I personally feel like my dad is around more, you know, and then sometimes he's not. Yeah. And there's a part of me that's like, that could be completely all in my fucking head. But it makes me comforted to be like, oh, I feel my dad. And I think her, you know, her, so who cares? Yeah. Her biggest problem was with people going, oh, you had a husband named George who died two years ago. I hear him right now. Let me tell you what he's saying to me and then pay me 20 bucks for right. it. And that was exactly. her biggest issue. She didn't. I don't think she really cared all that much if you or anybody felt connected to people who were important to them. Yeah. You know, beyond death. I think it was really just that that there were people who were willing to make money off of, you know, fooling you into thinking that you had spoken to that person. And like, yeah, I don't know. So she died um, April 10th, 1968, at the age of 75. She lived for decades in an apartment at 310 West 24th Street in Manhattan, which I think I want to try and, you know, go look at while I'm here just to say hello. And she... Do it. Take a picture. Send it to me. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll do that in the morning when I go get 
my coffee or something. Yeah. Um, she kept it well lit because after years of attending seances, as she told the Hearst Syndicate in 1949, I get tired of dark rooms. And that is the story of Rose Mackenberg. But that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Because it sort of maybe implies that there's something she's worried about in dark rooms. Even Maybe. I don't know. That's one way to read it. Yeah. I, it's either the, the totally de- like <sighs> defeated sort of sarcastic way of saying it. But then also like she's maybe hiding a little bit like a genuine thing. It's funny under the surface. because in, in, in a lot of the research that I did, it wasn't clear that she believed or didn't believe in the afterlife or that that a loved one could be contacted or anything like that she mostly was just really upset with um people who claimed to be able to connect with a loved one for the low low price of 25 dollars and well yeah that would that would be a good question to ask yeah and so i i didn't necessarily get the sense that she was a total atheist about it I don't think she thought it was up to these fucking mediums to say, oh, yeah, I've totally contacted your your loved one. And right. I'll tell you what they say through the eyes of my spirit wife, Ella. Um, you know, I, I think I, and maybe part of why she was mad is because she did believe. I don't know. But I think that she didn't. Hannah. What? I'm sorry. You need to tell me the name of your spirit wife before we. <laughs> oh, oh, um, right. It's Veronica. Veronica nice. is my spirit wife, and um, we get along very well. <laughs> Good. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, for the low, in, low uh, price of twenty-five dollars, in- she can tell you whether or not um, your great, great uncle Samuel uh, wants to speak with you. <laughs> You know what you just inadvertently did, though? My, in middle school, when we were taking our language classes, you had to pick your name, you know? Like, you took German in high school, I remember that. I was Anya. You had to have your German, you had to have your German name. Mm -hmm. And I did French, and my French name was Veronique, so. Oh, shit! Okay, well, then you're my spirit wife, and I just didn't know. I guess so. (laughs) Oh, my God! It makes sense. (laughs) We're so connected, and I just didn't even know. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't do any on this day in history, and to be perfectly honest, I'm not going to because I kind of looked at them, and they're all, it's just a lot of boring battles. <laughs> then it doesn't matter. And, yeah, I kind of went, meh. I don't think that's necessary this week. I think Rose can speak for herself. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's Rose, and I thought that was a fun Halloween Halloween episode. Busting some spiritualists as a ghostbuster. That was great. Thank you. And I, I forgot so much of it, so... A lot of I'm it was really new. I, I didn't yeah. tell you that first time about the senator... And how this how this Jane Coates was like at President yeah. Coolidge's house, um, like there there were a bunch of little things I didn't tell you. And when we get the episode up, I will have Ben include pictures of her in her various disguises. Yes, because there are pictures of her like compared with all of her different personas, and there's it's so interesting to see her you know, dressed up as a tipsy consultant next to a rustic school teacher. And she must have been such a good actor because she just really, she got, she got under people's skin. Are you a good witch or a bad bitch? 
Let us know by becoming a patron on, on our, our Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> oh, no. Patreon is a service that helps content creators like ourselves keep the ship going and make sure that we're able to cover all the costs that uh, come along with doing our podcast. And the more patrons we get, hopefully the more content we can start creating exclusively yeah. for patrons. Yes. So if you are interested in something like that, please become a patron so that we can start creating that content for you. Also, when you become a patron, you will get a shout out on our podcast and we will thank you personally on air. How exciting is that? Very exciting. Yeah, yeah. You can find us at patreon.com slash podcast. We interrupt our regularly scheduled broadcast to say thank you to our two newest Good Witch patrons, Chell H. and Maria H., Thank you guys so much for your patronage, your support. It means the world to us, and we couldn't make this podcast without our patrons like you. So thank you. Thank you so much. So happy almost Halloween. We have maybe a couple more episodes or maybe just one. I'm not sure. I can't remember. In October? Yeah. Two more. Two more. The okay. next one is the 28th. Okay. Great, great. So... um Awesome. Well, then we'll have some more Halloweeny things, but uh, yep. we'll we'll decide. I think the last couple of years we've done a lot of witches, um, so yeah. we can decide if we want to do more witchy things or figure out a different Halloweeny path. But I thought this was a good start, so you know. Yeah, I agree. Happy almost Halloween. Um, what are you excited about? Halloween. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> No, um, Alex and I just signed up for Shudder, um, which is an exclusively like horror themed watching app. So it like coll- oh. has collections of shows and stuff and they have all these different themes. And um, so we're going to be watching scary movies. I'm excited about that. We watched Blair Witch Project last night, which I'd never seen. Um, oh, shit. it was great. Dude. And I, we're going to watch another one tonight. We're going to just try and, and because I haven't seen a lot of the classics. I've only recently gotten into that genre because I didn't grow up watching it because my mom abhors that stuff. Yeah, I really so. didn't either. I And I still haven't seen like a ton of it. I've seen just enough to like have the pants scared off of me one or two times in high school that I never really returned to a lot of horror stuff. But I think, Mm. I think I'm in the same boat where I kind of want to start investigating a little bit more. I watched the haunting of Hill house on Netflix twice now. And it's so, so, so good. Uh, so haunting of blind manor is out now. So you should also do that one. Okay. Miss miss. I'm getting into horror now. Um, or scary movies. And that sounds like so that much fun. That has been a result of my dating Alex. Because he's a big horror buff. And I have learned so much about things I should respect about the genre. Mm-hmm. And how it's not really, it's not actually a trashy genre. There's a lot of complexity yeah. to it. And well, you did last Halloween. Of- you did, um, oh my God. Her name, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. You did Jamie Lee Curtis. And that was so much about her horror work. And yep. so if anyone is needing Halloween episodes from us and you haven't listened to that one, that is a brilliant episode. Deanna did such a good job. I'm not joking. Don't make that face at me. It's so true. And that was that was also horror related. I mean, yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. It's a good thing to be excited about. Horror movies and the spooky season. It's my favorite time of year. Me too. I am, uh, I, I'm not supposed to be telling you what I'm excited about this week, but I am excited to be in New York and get getting to go like up to Sleepy Hollow Cemetery yeah. at some point <sighs> soon. I know. I feel so bummed that I never took Alex there. And we talked about it so much, and he's never been. Well, just put it in the put it in the ether. It'll happen. Yeah. 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 It'll happen. Don't you yeah. worry. But until then, yeah, I'll go pictures. for you. <laughs> Send them to me. <laughs> I will. I'll do that. 
And in the meantime, I hope all of you, our listeners, do the same thing. Do some spooky stuff. And we'll come back to you next week with more spooky stuff. Hell yeah. Sound good? <laughs> oh, okay. Was that for me? Is that a rhetorical for me or the audience? I don't know. Somebody, somebody <laughs> who can answer me. I don't even know anymore. I don't even know. I know. Yes, it sounds great. Thank you, Deanna. We got into New York at 2 a.m. this morning, so I'm a little out of my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So let's call it. Let's call it for this for this one. But uh, okay. you know, you can find us on social media at GWBB Podcast and Patreon.com slash GWBB Podcast and ko-fi ko-fi.com slash gwbb podcast and you know email gwbb podcast gwbb podcast at at gmail.com thank you very much (laughs) my mouth is starting to get dry saying oh my god um so yeah we are everywhere we love hearing from you guys and you know keep in touch we'll be back next week peace out witches listening to good witches bad bitches thank you so much for listening we really appreciate it good witches bad bitches is hosted by deanna greif me you and you (laughs) hannah ferguson and we're produced by benjamin garst um you can find us on itunes stitcher spotify google play google play pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcasts you can find us there we're also on social media you can find us on instagram and twitter and facebook gwbb podcast you can also email us at gwbbpodcast at gmail.com we love to receive emails if you have a story about a woman in your life that you want to hear on air uh shoot it over to us we would love to read it if you want to help keep us running you can find us on patreon at patreon.com slash gwbb podcast <laughs> become a patron and help us you know pay for our hosting yeah patreon really helps content creators be able to continue to create their content and it just kind of helps us break even on the costs of producing this podcast and it would be really awesome if you wanted to help out if you like it you can be a part of it also to help us out you can rate review and subscribe all of the all of those things are extremely helpful for us they help other listeners find us yeah. Word of mouth, also good. Yeah. <laughs> our website is gwbbpodcast.com. You can find all of our episodes there as well as some other things bubbling out of our witchy cauldron. Good Witches, Bad Bitches is powered by Moon Bounce. Moon Bounce.